Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. Oh, there you go. I sorted it. Um, I stole my friend Alice from our church. Alice is, she's a godsend. She's a, a real intercessor and uh, I love her dearly. And um, do you know what? My preacher's been preached all morning. From the word go. When you open your mouth, you start to preach my, my message. He's got it. So what is he really trying to tell us today? He wants to speak to us, doesn't he? And um, so um, Alice and I go to Wellspring Pentecostal Church in Welling. And um, so while um, Chris is away, um, Beverly stole me from my church. But that's okay, because I love coming here, and I love worship. The worship was wonderful this morning, wasn't it? Amen. It was good. Oh, my goodness. I'm dropping everything today. But I want to speak to you this morning on, on the Word of God. And I've entitled it this morning, A Serious Walk with Jesus. Amen. A Serious Walk with Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you're already speaking to us this morning. I thank you, Father, that you lead us, you guide us, you protect us, you care for us. But Holy Spirit, I pray that your word this morning will, Lord Jesus, encourage us, Lord, to challenge us, Lord, to encourage us and and just bless us as well. Lord, I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to let these words come into our lives as we need to hear it, Lord, both as individuals and as a collective fellowship together. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to be with us. We don't have to say, welcome, Holy Spirit, because you're here already. And we say thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, guess what today is... Palm Sunday, as we see. And so we all know what Palm Sunday is about because we just learned about what Palm Sunday is about. Amen? So if you want to find out the real true story of Palm Sunday, you will find it in John 12. And I just want to read verse 13. And it says, They took palm branches and they went out to meet him, meaning Jesus, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of of Israel. You know, we know as Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he went onto a donkey that had not been ridden. It was a wild donkey. You know, so normally if a normal person would get on, the donkey would probably kick up and, and knock you to the ground a few times. But with this donkey... Jesus, being the Son of God, quite happily let the Son of God sit on his back. And as he went through Jerusalem, people started putting palm leaves and laying them on the ground so that the Son of God can come through on a donkey. You know what? The palm leaves actually symbolize victory and triumph. And so when the King of Kings was riding on a donkey that was wild through Jerusalem, that people was recognising who he was. 
How did they know who Jesus was? You know, Jesus has spent some time with these people, healing the sick, raising the dead, setting people free. He was their king. They wanted him to be king. How wonderful is that? Amen. Some wanted him as their own king, like their king didn't seem to be very good. So they wanted him as king. He even provided food when they met together, uh, when he was teaching and there was nowhere to get food. He made the bread and the fishes feed so many people. He caused a lot of stirring because he created so many miracles, even to raising the, the dead. But you know, as that king of kings was riding on that donkey through Jerusalem, you've got the religious men coming out to tell the crowd, be quiet, we are seeking for the Messiah. <laughs> and he's walking straight by them. They're missing it. They missed the mark. They were still looking for the one that was right in front of their face. Three days later, Jesus had gone into the temple and he turned the tables over because they were saying, what are you doing with the house of the Lord? This is not a place that you sell and you buy. It's not a marketplace. It's a place of worship. And so then the, 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 the religious men, they wanted to kill Jesus. They tried to entrap Jesus. They didn't want to be seen with blood on their hands, and so they tried to entrap Jesus. But, you know, God's timing is always the best. When God's got a plan, no one can change it. Amen? So back at the temple, the leaders were upset, and they tried to get Jesus and then he walked straight through the crowd and escaped the religious men. But Jesus said to the, the, the religious men in Matthew 23, verses 24 and 33, this is in the Message Bible, Blind guides, for you are whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hip hypocrisy and lawlessness, snakes, son of vipers. How will you escape the judgment of hell? Wow, what strong words. What strong words. On the sixth day after the Palm Sunday, Remember the people were saying, Hosanna, glory in the highest. They were singing praises to him. They were shouting the victory of what Jesus had done in their lives. But six days later, everything changed. Those people that were singing all these praises to Jesus started then to shout, crucify him. Crucify him. What happened? What happened from... This day to six days later, their hearts were totally changed. What changed them? Jesus had done so much for them, and yet they were shouting to crucify him. Crucify him. We choose Barabbas to stay alive. Wow. When God's got a plan. 
when God's got a plan. Even Jesus' disciples, Judas, Judas, who'd seen Jesus do all these wonderful things, who'd followed him and walked with him, ended up deceiving Jesus and selling him out. Peter, I'm sure Peter was one of Jesus' favorites, although he doesn't have a favorite, but um, I always tell people you're the apple of his eye, but I'm still his favorite. But do you know, Peter, the difference between Peter and Judas, Judas ended up killing himself. But Peter ended up confessing and repenting. And the life that Peter had, that God had planned, still continues. He built the church as God said he would. And that's why we still have the church today. Amen? When I think of that, I think, Lord, let your plans in my life be your plans. Don't let me go to the point of, I don't want to live anymore. But I want to be so close to you, Jesus, that I will walk in the plans that you have for me. Question for you. How is this different today? Is it different today than for this? The answer is it isn't. It's no different. You know, when we find Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we get all excited, don't we? It's a new life. And we start singing praises to him. We start desiring to walk in his plans and his purposes. And we come to a church where we can have a good time together, praising God together. And then we walk out in the world where there's more people that are shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And do we start shouting, crucify him too? Are we different in the world than what we are on Sunday? We have to make a choice. Even today, if we are standing out for Christ, we are the ones that are wrong as far as the world's concerned. And that's when we've got to be strong and we've still got to stand like we would on a Sunday when we're praising God together. We cannot be different. We must Stay strong. My friends, the only way we can stay strong is where our relationship with God is. We have to be close to God. We have to be drawing ourselves deeper and deeper into his relationship. We cannot go in our own strength because we will fail. And then like Peter, we will deny Christ and then for. For Peter, the, the cock crowed three times and Peter realized what he did. We need to stay close to Christ all of the time. You know, there's so many issues in the world, so many controversies, busyness, hardship all around. We only have to turn the TV on and listen to the news. It's not good, folks. A Christian life can be difficult to stand in the workplace, in school or college, especially if we find ourselves standing alone. No one to back us up. We need to know the word of God. That will be our strength. That will be our shield. 
So do we find ourselves coming on Sunday and singing, worshipping and enjoying the Lord and then going in the world and finding that we are failing in our Christian walk with Christ? Today, Jesus is calling us, not just in the outer courts, not just in the inner courts, but he's calling us to the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies. He wants to share his heart with you. Can you imagine God sharing his heart with you? Does he do such things? Yes, he does. He really does. But it means that you've got to take that time aside and you've got to step into that place and close the door and switch off your phone and turn the TV off and come into that place where that you will not be distracted from the world. Because believe me, Satan will not want you to have that time with Jesus. God is calling you. He's calling me. You know, God wants such a relationship with you that you feel when you're walking along, you feel his arm come around and just touch you on the shoulder and walk with you. That when you are sitting maybe in your bed or in a chair, that you sense the Holy Spirit take hold of your hands. Does he do that? Yes, he does. How do I know that? You know, this morning I sensed that I need to share a little bit of my testimony to explain when I say God holds our hands. When I was born, I was born with a very rare bone condition. If I turn in my bed, I would break my legs. If I tap my fingers, they would snap. I couldn't hear. I couldn't go to school because I was always at the hospital in some plaster somewhere, maybe both legs and an arm or both arms and a leg. I've managed not to do all four, which is pretty amazing. By the time I was almost four, um, my mother put me into care uh, with my sibling because she couldn't cope. There was five children under the age of five. She couldn't cope. My father worked away from home. And the consultants at the hospital was telling my foster mother to put me into the hospice because I wasn't going to survive past the age of 12. If I did pass the age of 12, I would be like a vegetable and wouldn't be able to do normal things that we should be able to do. But my mother-in-law was a Christian and she prayed and God said, take this child and I will pay your wages. So there we was constantly at the hospital, constantly another plaster going on. It was just not fun really. Couldn't even go to school so I wasn't very well educated because I was always at hospital. If I wasn't being plastered, I was having physio um, and soon back into plaster. But you know, God had a plan for me. No one can break the plans of God. Nobody. Nobody. When I was seven years old, I went to a Sunday school prize giving and the guy there that was coming to give out the books, he spoke a little while and he wrapped this present really beautifully, beautiful present. 
And he was telling the children, me included, that Jesus is the best gift ever. And that we only had to receive that gift of Jesus. And then he said something that triggered my seven-year-old brain, which was nobody can take Jesus away from you. You see, at this point, I hadn't got an education. I hadn't got my parents. I'd lost my siblings. I was waiting to die. And no one could take Jesus away from me. Nobody. And so I just plodded on. Jesus became my best friend because I had no one else that was close to me. became my close best friend. And then when I was 12 years old, my body was so deformed that I couldn't lay down to go to sleep. I had to sit upright to sleep. And one particular night, I was in more pain than normal. And I had in my mind, I'm 12 years old. I'd heard the rumours that if I reached 12, it wasn't good news either way. I ever lived to see my bones becoming worse um, or that I would die because the bones produce uh, hormones which brings you into puberty and my bones wouldn't have been able to do that naturally. So I just cried out to God and said, Jesus, if I die, I'm coming to live with you. But if I live, then I'm going to live with you. And Jesus said to me audibly that night, Christina, I'll never let go of your hand. I'll never let go of your hand. I'm like, ha, Satan, are you listening to this? Jesus is never going to let go of my hands. And so I started to self-teach myself an education. I started trusting Jesus. And over his time, my deformed body became straight and normal like everybody else's. I don't break hardly any bones anymore. Now and again, I'll break few toes or an odd wrist or something. But then the doctor said to me, you will never be able to marry or have children or do your housework and go to work and do all of these things. And I'm like, Jesus, listen to them. I know whose report I believe in. They're lying to me. Because then Jesus also told me, when he talked to me when I was 12 years old, was, Christina, I'm going to take you to the nations because you will have a testimony. I hung on to that. Every time I went to the hospital, Christina, you're looking good, but, 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 I'm like, Jesus, they're so lying to me. I know who I am in you. I'm your child. You don't tell me one thing and do another. I did get married. I had two beautiful children. I have three because we adopted one. I went to work. I commuted. We had foster children. We had 50 foster children in all. Um, we would have nine at one time and uh, a mother and baby unit. And so we worked. We worked hard. We planted churches. We worked hard. 
But if I had listened to the lies of Satan that was coming out the mouths of those that was pulling me down, I may be still in being a wheelchair, maybe still having a deformed body. But I know who I am in Christ. I know I'm his daughter. I know he loves me. Am I anything special? No. I'm unique, but so are you. And he has a plan for you too. You know, and sometimes I get extremely busy and then I realise I get this tap on the shoulder and the Holy Spirit says, Christina, I'm missing you. I'm missing you. And I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been pretty busy. And then it pulls me back. Like, I've not had so much time to read his word, to pray. Christina, I'm missing you. That's the kind of relationship God wants with all of us. You know, then as I grew, God called me to the nations. Hallelujah. An uneducated person. And I end up getting theology, uh, a master's in theology. And so I could be, a pl- be allowed on the platform. In many nations, they wouldn't allow a woman on a platform. You see, I didn't have to prove myself to God, but men always need proof that you know what you're talking about. And that's okay. I could deal with that. But when I first looked at the long list of studies I needed to do for my theology, um, I cried. And my husband said, then don't do it. And I'm like, I flipping will do it. Say to me, don't. I will. But God helped me. But why could I go to the nation? Because I had a testimony. When I was small, my sister used to speak for me because I was so shy. I struggled with hearing, so she would speak for me. And so I felt like Moses. I'm like, Lord, I'm shy. I can't speak. My sister speaks for me. And he said, I will give you all that you need because I have given you a message. God has been so faithful to me. He's been so faithful. I have bad packed ready. When my ticket drops from heaven, I'm on that plane. I have gone to so many nations and my favourite is when I go to the hidden villages that have never heard Jesus before. I make a straight point. Find me the witch doctors. Because when you've got Christ in you, you don't mess around with the devil. You get to him first and you put him in his place. I crush him under my feet. And so when I go to the witch doctor and they get saved, because you know what? When they see the power of Jesus Christ is greater than the things that they're doing in their portions and their stones and their bones, they bow the knee to Jesus. I could tell you many stories, but I'll tell you one only today. I went to, I went to a village in, uh, in, DR Congo. And I went to Unreached Village. I'd never heard Jesus. So what we did, we got an evangelist to go and get all the villages together so that we could reach 
more villages in one hit. And so when we got there, the villages had joined together. We sang, we gave the gospel, and then we called for an appeal. Nobody moved. Nobody moved. And I was like, God, you know what you're doing. You're up for the challenge. Bring it on. Bring it on. So then I said, you know, if you are sick today, we serve a God that heals. God will heal you. No one moved. Eventually a little lady came up and she said, I want your God to heal me. So I said, but do you want Jesus in your life? Oh, no, thank you. I just want your God to heal me. So I'm like, Lord, I know you're doing something. What do I do? So I sense the Holy Spirit say to me, what to say? And I said to her, I am going to pray for you. God is going to heal you. But if you choose not to give your life to him, he doesn't promise to let you keep that healing. God gives, God takes away. So she said, all right, I'll do that. So I prayed for her, and she hit the floor. She was on the floor, on the dirt. I watched demons come from that woman, and I watched what God was doing, and that little old woman, she stood up, and she said, I need Jesus. And she was perfectly healed. I turned around, 37 young men wanted to receive Jesus. Because you see, when people see the power of Jesus Christ, they will not mess around with anything else. Because they will be afraid of that power. The witch doctor said, I thought you was only a small woman and I had nothing to fear. But when I saw, when you walked past the fire of God, I knew I couldn't mess about with you. You know, I might look like a sweet kitten, but I can roar like a lion. For Jesus, for Jesus. I have seen Jesus do so many miracles. Tumors have fallen off. People that can't walk has run, dead, raised. I have seen it because Jesus is faithful. But we had to keep that relationship with God. Do I struggle? Of course I do. Some days I can't get out of bed, jump out and like, yoo-hoo, another day. But what I do do, I get out, I sit on the side of the bed and I say to Satan, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm feeling in a good mood today. You either move or you will be moved in Jesus' name. That's the God I serve. That's the one I serve. That's the one I love with everything, with every passion within me. And I feel so ashamed when the Holy Spirit says, Christina, I'm missing you. I feel ashamed. I'm like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I put everything before you. And yet you redeem the time when I come to you. I still get everything done that I need to get done. If you look at my passport, 
when I look at my passport, I'm like, God, how have I been to all these places? No one's paid for me to go. No one's said, I will give you this much. No churches abroad have said, we will pay for you to come. But just like Paul said, you don't have to rely on the flesh when you're walking in the spirit. God has provided all my needs. Is your relationship serious with Jesus today? Because if it's not, you are missing the best life that God has. You know, if someone said to me when I was seven years old, or what, that God was going to allow me to see through my faithfulness and my belief in who he is in my life, I would have, like, laughed. Like, I could keep you here all day telling you stories of what Jesus has done. But But God is good. He is so good. We went to one village, and I'll tell you this quickly. One more, one more. We went to this village, and... um, this, I went to this church in, in, um, in the Philippines and uh, the pastor said, oh, Reverend Christina, will you come? There's this man who's only in his 40s and he's been sent home from hospital to die. And um, I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. So he said, um, okay, the journey's going to be a little bit awkward. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, he drives this, this Jeep kind of thing so far and then he said okay now we need to get out so there was nothing but trees and he said um we need to walk from here so he was going literally through the jungle of the philippines and um i got this skirt on and sandals and i'm just saying jesus i hope there's no snakes i hope there's no spiders i hope there's nothing under the what i'm going to tread on with sandals on And anyway, we came to this clearing and there was this big hut and it only had uh, half of a roof on and no door, just a block of wood across the door to keep the animals out. And lots of people slept there in this hut and all they had was the clothes that they were wearing and they'd sleep on, you know, like the the beach mats that you can take um, with you and, and to sleep there. And... I noticed as we went in, there was this man leaning against a tree, just watching, okay, just watching. And I didn't take that much notice because I was, like, praying in my heart for this guy that we was going to be praying for. So we stepped over the the piece of wood and went in in the hut. And um, the man found Jesus as his saviour. And immediately, he jumped up and was running around. He was paralyzed waist down. He was running around, run out the hut. So they're bringing this grandmother who was blind, and we were praying for her, and God heals her. She sees and everything. And then I I sensed I needed to go and talk to this man leaning on, on the tree. So I went up to him, and I said, thank you so much for letting me come to the village and pray. Um, Do you know Jesus? And then someone said, he's the witch doctor. I said, hallelujah. And he said, I thought that I would have no problem with you coming to my village. So I said, I'm coming back in seven weeks' time to see how the guy is. I'd like to see you. He said, I'm not going to be here. 
And I thought, you know, that man ran away from God rather than run to God. But he knew that he hadn't got victory in that place when Jesus came. So everyone in that village was partying because of what they'd seen God do. And so he ran. But whenever I go and face the witch doctors, they know they've got a choice. They can run away or they can run to the cross. I challenge the witch doctors because they cut themselves and they're spreading AIDS because they say virus kills a virus and all this silly stuff. They say, oh, if a, a guy's got AIDS, he'll sleep with a girl and then he will be healed from AIDS instead of spreading it. And you have to go confront these people because you've got to confront the demons within them. And actually, they don't need a lot of confronting because they know the truth. They just don't want to hear it. But I will be in their face because you know what? Jesus still loves them. He doesn't love their choices, but he gives them a chance to be set free. This morning, I want to challenge each one of us and myself. Do we want to go into the holy of holies with Jesus? But if you're going to do that, make sure that you are right with God. You cannot go into the holy of holies if you're not clean. That is why the priests washed their hands when they went into the inner courts. But they also had a rope tied around their waist because if they wasn't clean and they confronted God when God was going to talk to them, they would die and the people would have to pull on the rope to drag the priests out. That's how holy the Holy of Holies is. This is why we need to make sure we are really right with God if we want to go into that place. If you want to go into that place. Because you know something? Jesus is sitting in there calling our names, calling your name. Christina, I'm missing you. I want to share my heart with you. I want to talk to you. Also in the Holy of Holies is a book of instructions. You'll find it in Psalms. Where it gives you instructions of what God wants for you. Do you know what your instructions are for your life? If you don't, then get before God. Go into that place and shut the door, turn your phone off and say, God, I am not moving until you speak to me. I am not moving until I hear your voice. I am not moving until I know I'm in that place that I can see you work through my life. That others might find Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. That the sick will be healed. Those in bondage will be set free. Those who are struggling in all sorts of manner of their life will be free. I had one lady, I went. And this really breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart. She could barely walk. And I said to her, she came on the prayer line, what's wrong? She said, I don't know why I'm on this prayer line. She said, I've got a really bad knee. And then God said, 
but she's got a broken heart too. So I said to her, what's happened to you? She said, well, no, 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 it's my knee. I said, God wants to heal your heart too. And she told me a story that was, was very sad. But God healed her heart and healed her knee. She was running around. And she was singing and dancing and saying, I got it for free. I got it for free. And I'm like, what does she mean? And they said that when she was watching a TV channel, or a revelation or something on TV, they said, if you want healing, and this woman was in so much pain, a poor woman, reach out and you will be healed, but you must send this much money before you can receive your healing. And I'm like, Jesus, even there, people are full of deception, full of greed. And this woman, she said, I couldn't buy a bag of salt. And they asked for $10 that I can receive my healing. My friends, what Jesus done for us was free. A big sacrifice. Palm Sunday is only the beginning. Because then came the whipping, the accusations. They spat on his face. They put a crown of thorns on him. They put nails in his hands and his feet and a spear in his side. He didn't ask for any money. He didn't ask for anything from us. And yet he did it. But three days after that, he rose from the dead. He went to hell and he got the keys to hell and Hades that we may have everlasting life with him. Do you know that? Do you know Jesus? Do you really know him? Do you know what he really did? Why did he do that? He could be sitting on his throne in heaven with angels singing, holy, holy, holy. But he didn't. He came down as a human and did all that for us because he loves us. So how can we sit in our comfortable homes Desiring the next new car, desiring the next new sofa, desiring whatever the neighbours just bought. When Jesus has done that for us. How can we get these things right? How do we know? You know? God doesn't say you can't have these things. But if it becomes a God, then you can't have them things. It's where your thinking is with God. Jesus, you know, he loves us. He so loves us. And he's calling us deeper and deeper into his presence to tell us how much he loves us. He wants to put that cloak of love all around us so that we feel that security that people in our family have never shown us. He wants to give us love, good, healthy love without expecting something wrong back. Because the world generally, generally the world when they give you something is because they want something back. How many kids have gone through things they should never have gone through because of selfishness of people? That's not the God I serve. 
That's not. And he just wants to put his cloak of love around you. I know, I've been there. But every time, Jesus just told me that these things wasn't my fault and that he loved me and one day they would stand before the judgment seat. I know Jesus loves me more than anything, more than anyone. And that's why I love him so. And that's why I love to go into the Holy of Holies because I need the next instructions. This year we're going to Ethiopia. And we're going to Ethiopia because there's too many false prophets in the churches. And God has asked for me to go and let the Lord work on their hearts and their lives. I'm somebody who's small. Couldn't speak for myself. Vulnerable. But in Christ, I'm a rock. I'm a lion. I believe. I have faith. I have no fear of man, of what they can do, because they have to get through Jesus first. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I so thank you. I so thank you. Your love is so unconditional. Yet you did all that you did for us without even complaining. You could have called 10,000 angels down at any time, Father, to rescue Jesus. But Lord Jesus, you didn't. You still went through it because you love us and still you are sitting on your throne interceding on our behalf that we get it right. So Jesus, I pray as you're calling us to go into the Holy of Holies. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help us to have the strength to give you that time because you will redeem it. To give you that time where we come in and we'll say, I will not move until you speak to me, to direct me, to guide me, to heal me, to restore me. Jesus, I thank you that time is of no essence to you. So, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, as we come, we lay our head on your shoulder. We lay our head on your heart and we hear your heart beating our name. Oh God, you love us that much that we can just sit and rest with you knowing that you love us this much. So oh God, I pray that Lord Jesus today we will challenge ourselves and ask the question, how serious are we with our relationship with you? Help us, Lord, I pray. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Wow, that was meat. That was a wonderful, wonderful word. And yeah, God is speaking. God is speaking to all of us this morning. To, he wants to take us further in, his, in the relationship that we have with him. He's, he's just so lovely. And he just loves us so much. And 
There are so many distractions that we have in our lives that can take us away from that relationship, but he's calling you today to just put these things aside and to just enter into the holy of holies like Christine has said. And we want to be right, so I feel that God's put this verse on my heart and I want to share it. And If we could all stand up and let's just pray this together so we can be right with the Lord. Amen. And this is from Psalm 139, like Christina said. There's so much in the Psalms that, that tells us what we need to do. And it said, this is from verse 23 to 24. And it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's just do, let's just read that again. Search me, O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting yes lord lead us in the way everlasting today lord help us as we walk with you lord help us to just look straight ahead not to the left not to the right but straight ahead at you lord lead our lives lord thank you jesus amen